Welcoming you all for another edition of the Third and Three podcast brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. If you enjoy writing about sports, then go to the Sports Column. That's C O L at the end.com and submit your article. On to our three person perfect panel of professionals, starting with Tricky Miss Tricky Nikki Gist, the one and only. How are you doing today? I am good. Happy to be here. It's the uh, best part of my week. So glad to be here with you guys. Yes, it is a lot of fun. I love it. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a Wednesday delight. How we doing, D? You know, now we're on to the one and only, the real deal, Damian Adams, who's been all over your social media feed, if you saw, uh, with his uh, quick two-minute uh, video ep- excerpt and then his show the other night. Uh, great work, D. You're killing it, brother. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I'm always ready for the best time of the week when us three get together and just bring it like we always do. Yeah, and it's time to bring it, baby. My name is Jason Fearman, and the squad is ready for action. We got NFL trades, free agency. We got the draft to talk about, among many other topics. But first, we give our shout-outs of the week before we get on to neighborhood news. And Nikki, of course, ladies first, kick it off. All right. I am happy to kick it off. Um, so this week I am shouting out, uh, so becoming a friend of the show, uh, Matt Higgins. You guys can find him on Twitter at NYC North Enders. Um, so big supporter of the show. I know he's contacted me a few times. We're trying to see if he can maybe come on. Uh, so what he does, he owns a pretty big uh, soccer training facility up in New York. Um so big soccer fan, football fan, just sports lover all around. So shout out to Matt. I hope we can make it work in the upcoming weeks. Maybe you can jump on with us for 10 minutes or so. But big supporter of the show. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, no doubt. Great shout out. We can make anything work over here, the three of us. Anything can happen. It could be four. Anything, anything. Damien, what do you got to speak, man? So for my shout out, I want to give a shout out to Mike Patton. Uh, Mike Patton's a writer. He's a host does everything in the sports world uh, does a lot covering the titans so you titans fan make sure you check him out on twitter at mike patton 82 on twitter um he does a series of video interviews as well where he tours the afc south so if you are a jaguars fan i know there's a few of those out there <laughs> titans <laughs> colts fan in afc south texans uh, he definitely has you covered uh, just excellent all-around talent who supports the podcast like he's a big fan also shout out to mike Patton. all right no doubt yes definitely a friend friend of the show going back a while now did 
the general, as we uh, as we used to call him. No question. Excellent. My shout out. Um, you guys went where I usually go. We love to give shout outs to our fellow podcasters and those trying to make it. I'm going to give it to somebody who has made it in not just one way, but now a second way. And that's Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. He told he practiced for a long time. He did a really good job. He was all suited up, teammates mocking him, you know, having a little fun, but he did a really good job. And the kicker out of everything was when it was final jeopardy. I, if you guys saw that, this guy wrote, should have kicked the field goal when they, when they were in that field. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers just was like, mm, for like a minute, he didn't say anything. He goes, well, that would be the correct answer, but not for this question. And I was like, oh, shoot, damn. <laughs> just put it down right there like i'm sure uh, matt lafleur was watching that being like son of a bitch you're out of here after this freaking year so i thought that was great and he did a really great job and he said he's like i can host this show and i can play football at the same time i swear to god if anybody could do it it's him probably so i'm gonna give aaron Rodgers my shot after the week guys i know it's kind of a different one but did you get to check out any of the highlights from it i didn't no that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. When you get a chance, check it out. I think he's going to be hosting for a couple of weeks. We'll see. I got to get into it. But we're doing our show now, and it's on to the neighborhood news. Let's get this thing going. It's mostly football. So maybe we'll give you a little background NFL music. Let's see if that works out for us. All right. Let's do this bad boy. Well, first, before we get into the NFL, um, breaking news as of maybe just a couple hours ago, Tiger Woods we found out the reason why uh, he got into that accident. He was going 80 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. I don't know what more you can say about that. You're doubling the speed limit, and if you're going around a bend, things are going to happen. It seemed that he crossed over uh, the overpass and then went into the two other lanes and then, bam, right into the trees. So I don't know what he was thinking. He was not intoxicated at the time, but... Uh, it seems like he gets this stroke of bad luck every 10 years, Damien. Yeah, you know, just a lesson to follow speed limit. You know, it's something that people get annoyed by when you're on a freeway, you know, but if you're on one of those whiny roads, especially in California, like if you ever lived out there, there's a lot of whiny roads, depending on what area you're in. If it says 35 miles per hour, it's for a reason on those type of roads, on hills. Yeah. Um, so follow speed limit. No matter how much, you know, you maybe you're running late, whatever it may be, it's better if you get there than not at all. You know, so, right. um, definitely take your time. There's no need to speed on those type of, you know, those type of highways at all. Yep. Nikki, one thing my mother always told me, she says, who cares? You'll get there five minutes later, but you'll get there alive. You know, so I don't know what the rush was. Maybe he was having fun. I have no idea. But either way lesson hopefully learned like Damien said oh yeah for sure and thank god he was wearing his seatbelt right because they said he hit the tree at 75 going 75 miles an hour like uh well first of all I mean just to survive he's lucky in so many ways like I remember I was in a really bad accident when I was younger uh like 16 and my friend was driving and it was like horrific if you saw it we were flipped over upside down on a median and we were on our way to our dance recital and uh people were like oh we just saw the worst accident and 
we walked away totally fine and we had our seatbelt on. And so, yes, lesson learned, do not ride people's asses. Do not, you know, leave a little room there, you know, pay attention, please. Like always wear your seatbelt. Like D said, just, you know, when you're driving, please pay attention because one little thing and everything can go wrong. So Tiger Woods is very, very lucky and hopefully on the path to recovery. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely, you know, wish him all the best, uh, you know, as far as recovery is concerned. Golf is another question at this point, obviously. Well, we knew that more trades were coming and one did come down. Sam Darnold traded to Carolina for a small bag of chips, a week in the golf, you know, like a, <laughs> a weekend of a couple golf. dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe a lifetime membership to Myrtle Beach. I don't know what it was, but they actually, the Jets do get two and a four next year, which is not bad. You know, those can always turn out to be great draft picks to Nikki. But um, Carolina, as far as drafting one of the quarterbacks that are coming out this season, I guess they were maybe thinking a different way because it, whether it be Trey Lance or Mac Jones or wh whoever who's going to fall, I'm not really sure. They don't want to deal with that. And maybe they don't want to deal with trading their next two years of draft picks just to get this guy who may or may not hit so I like what they did what do you think yeah I don't I don't mind it at all um I still think the Jets <laughs> should have kept them and traded back and and build that roster but they obviously did not want to do that um so hopefully one of these guys works out for the Jets and yeah no I think it's a good move for Carolina um I just would really like to see Sam Darnold. I'm not saying Carolina is like this, you know, world beater of a team, but they've got a team and I'd like to see him with somewhat of a supporting cast. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate the move and, you know, probably not great for Teddy Bridgewater, but we'll see. Yeah. That's the thing, Teddy Bridgewater, which I do want to get to with you, D as a matter of fact, I do want to get your opinion on the trade though. And Darnold getting a new chance to go to a new coach, new city, new everything. And it appears that he's going to be the starter, even though there's a lot of talk, which we're going to get to in a second. But do you like that Carolina brought in Sam Darnold? You got McCaffrey behind you. You do have a better offense. They got to work on D a little bit, obviously. But what do you think about Carolina's perspective from the straight? Yeah, I like it. If they don't believe Teddy is the guy, then go get your quarterback. And if you believe Sam Donald can be a good QB, you've seen three years of tape on him. So there's something there that they believe in and they see that the circumstances around him weren't the best. And like Nikki said, Carolina's not some world beaters, but they are an actual NFL team, unlike the Jets. Um, so <laughs> you have something there to build on with Sam Donald. And I think a change of scenery will do him great wonders. And for, yeah, for Carolina, I like the deal even though I do believe in Teddy, they obviously don't believe in Teddy. So you have to go at what you believe in. Yeah, that's the thing. With Teddy Bridgewater, I like him so much as a quarterback, but he's another one of those who feels like he can't get you over the top. Even though, uh, you know, right now they're giving him permission to seek a trade, which I believe that is the right thing to do. Treat him right. So it's, he's not going to be in Carolina next year backing up Sam Darnold or if he got hurt, you know, coming in, he's going to be out of there. And I keep saying Saints, 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 but it seems to be Jameis Winston. I, you know, we, we've already talked about this and everything, but it would not shock me if Bridgewater ended up back on the Saints. I don't know. Nikki, do you think that there's a possibility of that happening? Oh, come on. Don't ask me a Saints question. I'm not going to play myself like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I I don't think so, but I mean, you never know. But D probably has a, a better pulse on the team than I do. Yeah, yeah, D's more into you know Jameis Winston, right? If correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you know, like you, Teddy Bridgewater went five and zero, as we know, a couple of years ago with them D. So you know, to clarify, who do you prefer? Um, well, at the time, I preferred Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people, a lot of Saints fans came down on me because I said Drew Brees should have retired last year. Um, but the things that I said were wrong with Brees, we saw come to fruition this year with the arm strength, things like that. Um, but Teddy now costs too much money for the Saints. Um, so that's the reason that, you know, along with Taysom Hill's salary for being a Swiss Army knife, we have, you know, $12 million that could be going to Jameis Winston, um, so, and I've already made my quantum leap, 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 leap <laughs> prediction on Jameis Winston, because I believe that's where we're going with our starting position. Um, so, Teddy, I said this last year, has to go to Chicago so we can have us a Teddy Bear. It <laughs> 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 uh, works out perfectly, doesn't it? Wow. All right. Uh, I, l- let's go through this real quick. Nike cuts ties with, but no, I shouldn't say cuts ties, suspends with uh, Deshaun Watson amidst these allegations among a couple other companies. Two women spoke out publicly. Stephen A. brought up a very interesting point um, I was watching this morning about why Deshaun Watson would have a minimum of 22 massage therapists. And I forgot her name, but it wasn't Molly Karen. It was Charlie something that was hosting this morning uh, because most people have one, maybe two, massage therapist so that grabbed my attention not uh, again I have no evidence one way or the other so I'm still not leaning anyway but amazing however since he wanted out of Houston again that all these allegations are coming to light coincidence I don't know but still I can't conclude anything because things look very bad for Watson right now but people are coming to his defense and the question now um, if you go outside of what's happening you know legally it's like, you know, Watson went from, you know, the hottest commodity in football where Houston refused to trade him to now it's like nobody may want to even touch him because of what's going on, Nikki. Uh, I have such mixed feelings about this. I really, really, really do. Um, I, I get it. There are 22 women who came out. I believe there were also 18 who, you know, stood up for him. And then we don't know. I just, and listen, I get it. I, who else was it? Bose or Beats? One of them just flat out dropped him. And, and, and I understand that. Like, they probably just, it's a loss for them. I get Nike suspending it because you, you just don't know. And I know it's a bad look. And I'm not victim blaming. Believe me, I am not doing that. I just, just because there's an accusation does not mean you are guilty. Like, I just want everybody to keep that in perspective. And for everybody saying like, Oh, well, you know, he where's these criminal charge and criminal charge? Wait, it's civil, okay? He's being sued in civil court. Um, and I just the timing gets me a little bit, but I just listen, we hear these stories all the time. I like to make a decision when I have all the facts, and I'm sure you guys are the same. I just think that maybe everybody needs to take a step back. Um, and let's just see if he really is innocent, because I think a lot of people are just so quick on the knee jerk reaction. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully he, none of this is, you know, as bad as it seems. But I just 
I don't know. I don't like to just call somebody guilty just because you have an accusation against you. Oh, the three of us agree with that, no doubt. And so do many more people. You know, it's to me, it's innocent until proven guilty. That's the way it should be. So we don't know. You know, again, there are people out there who say, oh, this person has so much money. Look at how much money he just signed a huge contract. This, that, the other thing. So we, we don't know. We don't know. We could play both sides. But Damien, we're not going to play both sides because, like uh, Nikki said, we don't have the facts. We just don't. No, we don't have the facts. And that's also my issue with civil suits. We're not going to get all the facts. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be an just all-out interrogation or investigation into this. With civil, they're just going to try to get enough to make him pay. Mm-hmm. So right. it's, we're never, I don't think we're ever going to know if he truly did it. I think it's going to come down to a point where he gets tired of it. His people get tired of it. He ends up paying. Or if he truly is someone who's going to just hold it down and say, I'm not going to pay, then it'll go to civil court. Um, but even in that fact, in civil court, we're just going to get hearsay. Um, so this is why I urge anybody who may have been a victim of any type of sexual assault, sexual harassment to go to the police right away. And because if he did do this, if he did do this, it could have could have been stopped at one person or two if someone goes to the police right away. But now if he did do this, he got away with it 22 or more times because mm-hmm. people didn't go to the cops. Not understand how hard it could be to go to the police and prove something like this. I do, I truly do. But we need to encourage women to do that in men too like this doesn't just it happens to men as well people whoever this happens to go to the police right away so that we can stop serial predators from doing this if this is what happened if it's not and this is some whole orchestrated thing that is just sick Um, but it's something that we can't just put aside and say it's not we can't just say oh it's not because so much smoke like i said last week a lot of times where there's smoke there's fire Sometimes with a smoke, there's somebody in the back with a smoke machine. Right. <laughs> and it's something that we have to be aware of. Absolutely. And I, I love the way that you put that last week. And you're 100%, which is why we're not going to give any more talk about it. We do not know. And there's ju- basically just as many women defending him as there are accusing him. So let's see what happens um, by next week. Hopefully we have more news and hopefully it's good news for Deshaun Watson. I'm rooting for him, obviously, as far as being a good guy and not wanting this him to be that type of person, which I never would have thought of in a million years. So on we move. Is there a market for Antonio Brown? That's the question. I wonder. What do you think, Damian? You would think so. He played well last year, helped the team win the Super Bowl. Uh, his stats for playing half a season were really good. Um, he's still, I think, a full season. He still can get you almost 100 catches, over 1,000 yards. He still is capable of doing that. So you would think there would be a market for him, even because he's been outside of the field quiet the last, for him, respectively quiet for, you know, this last, the last couple of years now. So maybe a team would take a chance. I think he's been wanting to go back to Tampa Bay because he, him and Tom Brady have this relationship, um, but maybe the money isn't working out there. So I do think there is a market. There's going to be a team that definitely takes a chance on Antonio Brown. That talent is too much. And now you don't have just that shadow of all the things going on. He Maybe he's, you know, redefined himself. And 
you can take a chance on him now. So I definitely think there's a market. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why it's taking this long. Maybe he's asking for more money now that he, you know, won a Super Bowl and contributed, obviously, uh, in, a, in a pretty big way at times. So, Nikki, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that won't take him, but I agree with Damian that, um, you know, whether you would call it a second, a third chance, whatever it is, his talent is still there at the age of 32, I believe. So do you think that there's, there's a team that will want to grab him, whether it's, before the season starts or maybe a week into it? Oh, yeah. There's a team that I think is going to go for him, and I think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys because it just has – this just has that Dallas Cowboy (laughs) feel written all over him, and it's like exactly the type of person Jerry Jones wants, and I just feel like he almost can't resist it. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Dallas, somehow ends up on the Jets, who knows – but it feels like a very Jerry Jones-esque get to me. Yeah, well, Jerry Jones really wants uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, so he's all about offense. We know that. There's no doubt about it. So hey, maybe uh, that is a possibility. Where Antonio Brown can go, I-, I don't know if Chicago would give him a shot. There's a few other teams out there. Would he fit in with Jacksonville and, a, you know, a brand new type of team? I don't know if that's the right way, but we will see what happens. All right. Uh you know, speaking of these quarterbacks that are coming out, there's probably going to be five in the first round. You know, where they go is a mystery, except for, well, I guess probably the first two in Zach Wilson going second now to the Jets. It's pretty definitive um, at this point because Carolina's got Sam Donald. They made the trade. Number one, Trevor Lawrence has been that all along. So I put up a poll, guys, between Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, the other three quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first round. And Justin Fields won by a landslide. And I kind of expected him to. I wasn't surprised by that at all um, with his, you know, his ability to run, make plays off schedule, uh, get out of the pocket, all that sort of stuff. And he can throw the hell out of the wall, too. The criticism against him, Nikki, is that he... Uh, doesn't really have, you know, he doesn't even go through his progressions. He doesn't read enough of the defense or whatever it may be. Well, if your first read is wide open, you're going to throw the ball to him. Why would you look anywhere else? And there is tape on him going through progressions. So I think that knock against him is a little bit too much. And I don't know why else he would have dropped so far in this draft where he was projected to go at number two or at the very worst, number three except for did he have bad interviews or, or, or something like that? Because I can't wrap my head around the kid who's got this much talent. And the, the some will say Nikki, again, he was at Ohio State, had a whole bunch of talent around him. But what he did was phenomenal. So I don't know what gives over here with him being maybe the last quarterback taken in the first round. Oh, a bad interview. That, that kills it every single time. <laughs> I mean, that don't really... <laughs> Guys, think about that, like in just like real life. Um, I'm sure we've all interviewed people, or you know, have been the interviewee. Um, I've interviewed many, many walks of life over my career, and let me tell you, like the more it starts off so great, and you guys probably get like you know on your podcast shows too. It starts off great, and then all of a sudden, it just starts veering off, and it's like the train is coming off the tracks. You can't get it back on, and I'll, most of the time, sitting there, I'm like. Oh my God, I did not think this was going to go this way. Like, oh, you're so great on paper. Why are you like this in person? What is going on? (laughs) I mean, it really, it really could be, you could 
just be great on paper, be great on tape. You get them in person and you just, they bomb it. You don't like what they have to say. It doesn't seem like a good fit for your organization. So um, logically, I would think that could be a possibility. That's Damien. That's the only thing I can really think of, except, you know, if it is the 49ers, they're very traditional as far as having, you know, pocket passing quarterbacks, except for Colin Kaepernick, which worked out very well. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more later, but I don't know any other reason why he's dropping so much. Can you think of anything else? No, not really. Um, you mentioned that, you know, maybe people are holding it against him. They play again. He played with all that talent, talent, excuse me, at Ohio State. Mac Jones played with two receivers that are going to get played, uh, placed in the first round. That's uh, right. So it's something that, you know, can't be that double standard there with that. And with him, he has the tangibles, not in like the intangibles. We don't know, but the tangibles are there, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about four, four speed, even at hand time, if it's four five laser, which you've been hearing a lot lately, if it's four or five at the QB position, that's blazing. Um, he has the arm strength. He has all the things that you need. And when you said that he may not be reading through his progressions, if he's playing with a lot of talent, that means the first guy is usually open. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't have to do that. Same with Mac Jones. When he went to throw it to uh, Devontae Smith, he was open. Like yep. it wasn't, <laughs> so it wasn't like he had to read or even if the first read was on Waddle, he was open. Uh, so for those guys, it's not like with, you know, a guy at a smaller school like Wilson at BYU, his first read probably is not open. So he has to go through his progressions a little bit more. Uh, so for me, it's, it's weird, but every year there's going to be somebody who the narrative is going to go up and down on because this is how the draft is sold to us. Now we're all going to be interested. Who is San Francisco going to take? Is it going to be Phils? Is it going to be Jones? Will they surprise us and take Lance? We don't know. And that's how we get hooked. And that's how we're going to be all watching uh, come April 29th, I believe. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. It's one big marketing ploy. Don't listen to any of it. Just watch <laughs> the draft and see what happens. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty much true because a lot of things do happen that we don't know. Like when Baker Mayfield got drafted first, I think you mentioned it even last week, uh, Damian, that, you know, we didn't know that until the day that it happened. So things can happen. You never know. There could be more trades. We'll see. We'll see. So I don't know what the best fit for each of these quarterbacks is. You know, we're not going to go up and down through every team, but as far as talent goes, I got it. Justin Fields, maybe Trey Lance, you know, he didn't play last year. He had one game. It wasn't anything great, but the year before he was like 28 uh, touchdowns, no interceptions. He was really amazing. He does come from a division two school, which will raise a red flag sometimes. Um, Then there's Mac Jones. To me, it's between Mac Jones and Fields, but I keep hearing it's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I don't know what, what order Damien first would you have just those three guys in Oh, well, I haven't seen that much of Trey Lance, to be honest with you. Uh, just hear the stats, see the tan, you know, you see the tape, you see the highlights. Um, so I would have to go with Justin Fields first, just from what I've seen from him. And with me, I'm not a big college football guy. So a lot of this time for me is like the college student who parties all year and then has to cram for the final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me during NFL draft time on these college kids. I'm cramming a lot. I'm watching a lot of YouTube highlights to see who I like. Uh, especially when it comes to the Saints. So the Saints trade up to try to get Kyle Pitts. We need a tight end, uh, you know, stuff like that. I'm doing all that stuff like I'm actually on a team 
and we're working. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, for me, it's a lot of cramming, but out of what I've seen, I would go Fields, then Jones, then Lance, but Lance, those stats are amazing. And let's not forget Carson Wentz went to that school and it wasn't held against him. Right. right. So um, if you got talent and you can ball out in that way, you can still ball out the next level. It's just going to be a harder transition for you. Yeah, North Dakota over there. Yeah, I've got Carson Wentz getting drafted second overall. Pretty amazing, Nikki. Um, you could say what you want about it, but um, he was at least recognized, and so is Trey Lance from last year. So we knew he was going to be somewhere up there. But where do you have these three guys ranked? Fields, Lance, and Jones. I don't. <laughs> so I'm going to pass <laughs> on ranking quarterbacks I haven't seen. <laughs> Well, that's fair enough. I mean, honestly, but especially with Lance, that's one. And we all know what Justin Fields can do. He's been doing it for years. And Mac Jones had the one year amazingness like Joe Burrow did. And Joe Burrow certainly had a lot of talent around him. And he came out looking pretty good with Cincinnati, despite them losing and then eventually getting hurt. Um, sticking with first rounders over here in quarterbacks, the 49ers are looking for a first rounder for Jimmy G. That's not going to happen. So a lot of people are saying and you know, around at the NFL that he's going to be with the 49ers and he may even start. I find that very hard to believe if the 49ers jumped all the way up to three to get somebody. And if he does start, it may only be a few games. We'll see what happens with that. I'm hoping that they can make a trade and get something back for it. That would be really nice. Now, okay. everybody. Yeah, go ahead. With the 49ers, if they're actually a- asking for a first rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo, who, who's drinking? And what are they drinking? I don't know. George <laughs> because... Washington punch. <laughs> yeah. They probably are drinking that George Washington punch. Because <laughs> if you trade all of your picks, the, the amount of picks they traded to move up to three to get a QB, why would you expect a first rounder for the QB you now have that you don't believe in? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm yeah, with it you. makes, it makes playing, no sense at all. Maybe they're playing the negotiation game. Yeah, we want a first round or a team comes back and says, oh, all right, well, we'll give you a third and then a third the following year. The 49ers better, yep, all right, take that. We'll take that right away. I think they would really anything for Jimmy G. But he's another guy that's going to be hard to get rid of, even though I think his contract expires next year. I got to double check on that. But going back to the Niners, and not just because it's my team, uh, I, you know, this, it, this is a big topic around uh, the NFL right now. Who are the 49ers going to take at three? knowing that Lawrence and Wilson are likely to go one and two. So everybody's saying that Mac Jones is going to go to San Fran, but the question is why? Is it because he fits the 49ers system? What about five years down the road when the Niners team looks a little bit different? Is it going to fit that system? You know, is Kyle Shanahan going to be there? So I think back to Colin Kaepernick and how successful our offense was and I see Justin Fields being able to bring that too. Now, keep in mind, Jim Harbaugh was the coach of that team, but I think that Kyle Shanahan has more of a creative mind. But it, again, it appears from what we've seen, Matt Ryan, you know, going after Jimmy Garoppolo, he wanted Sam Darnold, guys. He wanted Sam, even in 2018, going back, they wanted Sam Darnold. They tried to make a trade for him this year. It didn't work out. So it appears that uh, Damian. Kyle Shanahan's style is to have a quarterback that is maybe the fourth priority on your list and can just do the job like a robot, like Jimmy G did. But his big problem was that he couldn't make the big pass and he couldn't stay available. He was always hurt. So what do you think about that entire notion about Kyle Shanahan 
wanting a certain type of quarterback, and that being the reason why Mac Jones is going up so high. And let me just add, you don't draft a quarterback necessarily because he fits your system. I, I don't really like that. I'll just say that off the bat, but maybe that's the reason. So I don't know. What's your synopsis about this whole thing? Yeah, you definitely don't trade the number of draft picks you traded to get a QB who fits the system. You want to get a QB who you can build your system around. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, but it does seem like he has a type. You know, he's like that friend who keeps dating the same looking guy over and over. <laughs> like maybe you, should, <laughs> maybe you should switch it up. You know, maybe you should switch it up and look for personality instead of the same type of looking guy and you'll have success. Um, so <laughs> it's for Heard me it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I would, you know, I would be where you are. I would be like, I don't really like that idea that he's trading up for the type of QB. Um, and if you have a QB who's limited because you like a certain type, you can run into a situation where they don't complete that big pass you need, you know? So um, I think that they should go for the guy who is just the best QB who they can build around instead of somebody who fits the system that's already there. Yeah. What do you think about that, Nikki? You know, like, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is kind of like, you know, somebody who fits the system guy and yes, it has worked, but he's Bill Belichick. What do you think about that? Do you go get the best quarterback regardless, or do you get a guy who you say he can run my system as long as he doesn't get hurt, we got a shot at going to the Super Bowl. If that's their mindset, what do you think? No, I mean, just me. I'm taking the best quarterback. Damn you all. And and that's it. We'll make it work. Like I'm just, I'm taking the best guy. If this is the highest rated quarterback, I've done my work. This is, this is the best guy. I'll change my system if I have to. You know, guys, I agree with you. I say go with the best player. And it's not like the kid can't throw Justin Fields. You know, you, you, Put him into the system, see how it works out. As long as he teach him right, I'm sure he's comparable of getting this together. But again, I'm wondering what the big deal is. Is it something we don't know about fields? Again, is it a bad interview? I don't know what they're holding against him at this point. There's one thing I do want to make a statement of real quick before uh, we do go to um, before we go to break. The notion that you need a mobile quarterback to win games in the NFL and ultimately the Super Bowl. It's really a false statement. So, you know, your, your, your Josh Allen's or your Lamar Jackson's or, you know, whoever it may be. I just, I just want to go back to some of the Super Bowl winners over maybe the past 10 years and kind of put that argument to bed. Not saying that having a mobile quarterback is bad, but they're prone to getting hurt. All right, last year, Tom Brady. The year before that, Patrick Mahomes certainly can move, no doubt, but he was known more for his arm and the incredible things that he did with his arm. The year before that, New England beat the Rams. That's Tom Brady. The year before that, Nick Foles. He was a statue. The year before that, the amazing comeback, Patriots, Tom Brady again. The year before that, Denver, Peyton Manning could barely move. He was in like this, you know, the suit that, you know, can, like an Iron Man suit to protect him. So another pocket quarterback. Then you get to Seattle. Um, back in, what was it, 2013, Russ Wilson definitely, obviously, but they didn't even need to do that. Baltimore versus San Francisco the year before, Joe Flacco. Get to the Giants, Nikki loves this, Eli Manning. So you hear all these guys who aren't the necessary mobile quarterback. So I'm not saying that not having a mobile quarterback is a, you know, is a bad thing. You know, I mean, you want a guy who's multidimensional, but these guys peak very early, Damien, and 
it seems like they don't last as long because they use their legs a lot and they may take a bad hit, whatever it is. So I just, I just try to take away that notion that you have to be this incredible mobile quarterback in order to get the job done. I don't think you need to be an incredible mobile quarterback, but I think the time of the statue is going away. Um, Tom Brady, of course, is exception to the rule. And with some of those quarterbacks you mentioned, they had amazing defenses. Peyton Manning, that defense is one of the best defenses of all time, that different Broncos defense. Um, even this year, the Bucks turned into the 85 Bears in the playoffs for some reason. Um, so you, you have those quarterbacks who are not mobile. If they have a, just an okay game, their defense could be the ones that carried them. Like with Tom Brady this year, didn't have the greatest games in the playoffs, but the defense was able to carry them. So I do think a new era is coming or is here now where you do need a somewhat mobile quarterback. You don't need Lamar Jackson, but having someone like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, somebody who just can move and can make things happen when the pocket breaks down because defense alignment is so much more athletic than they were in the past. So I just say, I think that the years of the Dan Marino type are gone. But yeah, you don't have to be super mobile. But I think that list, when we come back to 2030 and the 33 podcast is now in the podcast hall of greatness. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're still doing this and we're talking about the 10 QBs who won in those 10 years. I think it's going to be a, a lot different of a list. And I can't wait to find out if it is. I can't, cannot wait to find out. And again, it's nothing against mobile quarterbacks, obviously. But I just did want to make a point about, yeah, pocket passers still can win a Super Bowl and, you know, make the team better, Nikki. So with a couple, with a couple of minutes we have left, it's, let's get your quick synopsis on this. Uh, defense wins championships. No, okay. <laughs> well, because it, kind of doesn't, it doesn't kind of, well, it kind of matters, but it doesn't matter. Like, yes, the game is, is moving in a different direction. We all see that, but D is right. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a Lamar Jackson and then, yeah, we're moving away from the, the statuesque type of guys. But at the end of the day, for me, you're winning it on, listen, these guys could be statues because they play behind some great offensive lines as well. Like, you know, yeah. and yeah, these defenses were amazing as well. So kind of have to have it all work for you. But for me, like these games are just one in the trenches. So I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Obviously you have to be mobile now in today's game, but you know, there's a degree to it. And, uh, yeah, I put more emphasis on building up that defense and offensive line because let's face it, you could take an average quarterback, give them some great weapons, an amazing line. We've all seen it. It's like a freaking rock star. You were speaking to my heart. Build the team from the inside out. God bless you, Nikki. That's exactly what I'm talking about, and I preach it all the time. All right, we're up against the clock. We're going to take a 60-second break, and we're going to come back with some more action, applause, tomatoes, and a whole bunch of other good stuff. See you in 60. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a hawk daily and nightly. Will it ever 
Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Corrupt a speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid. Don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. We are back here, third and three podcast, kicking your ass. You know how it goes. Damian, Nikki, and Jason in the house, presented by the sports column. We love you there, Frank Fear. We appreciate it, brother. All right, so we're talking a lot of football. We're going to talk a lot more football. We got applause and tomatoes coming up, but in an announcement real quick, because we love our NFL and we love the draft and we love mock drafts and all that sort of stuff, we're going to do our own. We're going to have our own little tournament. Three points if you get the player and draft position correct. So Trevor Lawrence, number one, we're all going to get that one, right? Two points if you get the player that goes to the team you picked but in a different draft position, as for an example, if there was an if there was a trade made, one point if you get the position of the team correct, but not the player. Example: Vikings draft a linebacker, but not the one that you pick necessarily. And obviously, you don't get shit if you don't hit on any. So that's the way we're going to do it. If you guys want to join in out there, more the merrier. But we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Can't wait for the mock drafts and. They're kind of giving us out our first three picks over here, unless it's one of those smoke and shadow games, man. I don't know what's going on, Damien. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, it is time for the applause and tomatoes. So let's get to it. And let's let Nikki wind up and get somebody really, really dirty. Hope they're not wearing a white T-shirt. Yeah, and I'm probably going to get hate for this because um, like at its core, these people don't deserve tomatoes, but their concept pisses me off. So I'm going to throw tomatoes. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the sneaker resale company, Another Lane. Have you guys heard of them? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. So they're based here in Jersey, Fort Lee, like good people, cool backstory. It's a husband and wife company. And, you know, he was selling his personal sneaker collection out of his trunk, you know, to stay in college. Whole deal. I get it. And like they want to make collecting sneakers are upset that sneaker culture has turned into, you know, we treat it like a commodity. Like it's like, you know, wheat and oil and, you know, something like that. I get it. They want to level the playing field so that everybody has access to the limited edition shoes. And I just, I get it. I I do get it. And I'm not saying that like certain people shouldn't have access. That's why I was kind of torn about this. But on the other hand, it's like, I want to collect Birkin bags and I don't see Birkin. They're not dropping their price from $35,000 a handbag down to like a couple grand (laughs) that maybe I could afford. So like I am priced out of that. I get that. Um, I just don't think collecting and being a collector like that's part of the fun like my husband collects stadiums like I get him these little like replicas every year and I have a guy and I would never say who it is because then everybody will go and get it and if I don't order it at a certain time then I'm shit out of luck like I feel like collecting 
just inherently is an unfair hobby. So I just, I get what they're trying to do and I half applaud that, but I just, listen, life is not fair. You don't always get what you want. So just, that's how it goes, okay? You don't need to just hand everything to everyone all the time. So sometimes tomatoes get thrown at you in life and you just gotta like maybe make pizza with it and move on. I like that at the end. All right. Well, I, I wish I knew more about the topic, but you definitely sound passionate about it. Well, but do you think collecting should be open to everybody? Like everybody has access. Like that, I don't want your fucking sneaker anymore. My neighbor can have it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is something. There is something to be said for the reason it's a collectible is that only a few people can get it, and that's why you collect it. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with you on that point. Like I'm not a shoe head, but me, you notice I wear hats all the time. So for me, I, I have a huge collection of hats. And so my hats, only a few people have those hats, right? Like for my Pelicans hats, there's like, I only just have the ones that's on the website. So like whenever I go home, I get a Pelicans hat from like a store where they only make this certain Pelicans hat or this certain Saints hat. Um, so for me, I understand that. Now if that Pelicans hat became available everywhere it wouldn't be the same so i definitely get you Hmm, very interesting i used to be like that with baseball cards i was a huge collector way back in the day which tells you again how old i am but obviously gave it up because the industry kind of like fell but yeah i do understand collecting and collectors items and the reason why people um from like the 40 year old version don't take shit out of the box and they just leave it hanging everywhere looking look they were living the Neverland Ranch, but you know that's uh, I get it. People have their hobbies, and I totally understand, Nikki. So I hear you. I hear you. Hey, Jason, baseball cards, basketball cards that's coming back, man. I've seen like cards getting sold for like two hundred thousand dollars and stuff like that. So you might want to get back into it. Oh. <laughs> Dust off the box, Jay. Come on. <laughs> I, know, I know. I I, st- I still have everything. I'm pretty sure. And speaking of which, Tom Brady sold. Uh, well, he didn't sell, but it sold for $2.5 million with his yeah. signature. I mean, like, holy crap. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm not, I mean, like, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I understand being a fan and everything. That's cool. I'm all about it. But then the obsessiveness of being a fan is a little bit too much. Like, you're living, you know, vicariously through these people's lives. And you should realize that you have your own heartbeat. And you have your own legs that you can walk on and your own brain that you can think with. So it's wonderful to be a fan, but I think it takes away from other parts of your life, especially if you're married. Your wife is going to smack the shit out of you at some point. And be <laughs> That's is. the thing, though. It, it depends on how much that person is worth. The one who paid two million, if he's worth a billion, then it's like $20 or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what you got to look at when it comes to people spending that much money on it. Like for me, I want to have a man cave one day and have all these sports collectibles. Like I already have a picture of Roy Jones Jr. signed by Roy Jones. Nice. Yeah, so I want to have items like that, but I'm not going to spend more than, even if I get rich in this, you know, this podcast, we go on and we become, you know, we get started getting up Skip Bayless type contracts. I'm still not going to spend (laughs) more than, I can't picture myself spending more than 500 on something I don't use on a daily basis, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Sitting on the, uh, you know, on the shelf over there and it's, you know, could be collecting dust or whatever, but, you know, at least you got it. So, all right, Nikki, that was interesting. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. All right, D, your tomatoes. All right. So some people may disagree with me on this one, but I'm going to throw my tomatoes at ESPN and all the people wagging their finger at Paul Pierce. (laughs) All right. So 
if you're not familiar, Paul Pierce, basketball legend for the Boston Celtics, was an analyst for ESPN. Um, he got fired this past week or mutually let go um, by ESPN uh, because of an IG Live video that went viral. Him having a party at his house looks like it was a poker party, but they also had some adult entertainment there uh, with some strippers there. And if you went, I went back and watched the video purely for research purposes only. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when you watch the video, most of it is him talking trash to his friends playing poker. And you'll see like a girl in the background, one was giving a massage. And then there was like a short, maybe 10, 15 seconds of somebody twerking in the back, which if you scroll down Instagram for two seconds, you see. So for me, I understand that ESPN is under the Disney umbrella. I get it. But this is the same Disney that owns Marvel and has already movies. And the same ESPN that has a body issue with naked athletes in it. And for me, I feel like it's a little hypocritical. I understand that maybe it's not the best image. And he took a chance by doing this. Now, if we worked for ESPN, would I take that chance? No, right? Because it would be my dream position to have a radio show at ESPN. For Paul Pierce, he already lived his dream. Like being a professional basketball player was his dream. This is just a job. So for him, he just wanted to have a good time. And the some of the things I've seen, like they was like, oh, why would you exploit these girls? Those girls weren't exploited. <laughs> they came at their own choice and they probably made good money because with the money they were spending on that poker table, Paul Pierce wasn't the only one there that had some money in his pocket. Yeah. So <laughs> Paul, so them girls were they came on their own validity and they made their money. And there wasn't any nipples shown, no vaginas were shown. You saw some booty cheeks, which we see again every day. <laughs> yep. So I don't think this is something that was like, oh my God, how dare you, Paul Pierce? How dare you ruin the kids? Yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think it was that. So I'm throwing my tomatoes at ESPN and all the people wagging their finger at Paul Pierce like he did the most wrong thing in the world. My only thing was, I wish I was there. Yeah. Seemed like a great time. <laughs> And of course, I can't afford to play at their poker table, but I just, I would, looks like a good time. Hopefully one day I can do that. I'm married, so I'm not going to have the girls there, but we can have that type of environment. If one of my friends is getting married, maybe you'll see that. Maybe you'll see the exotic dancers if it's a bachelor party for one of my friends, something like that. But I think it was just him having a good time. He even mentioned in the IG Live that he was vaccinated and he has the money to get rapid test so he can make sure everybody there is good COVID wise and plus he wasn't working at ESPN in the office he was doing his stuff from home remote so even if he got COVID he wasn't bringing it into the office so there was no safety issue it's something that unlike with Dwayne Haskins we didn't have a vaccination at that point so that was purely safety he was coming into the office that was a safety issue with Paul Pierce it was just him having a good time he didn't have to post it on IG but he has the right to and I don't think he should have got fired uh, no, I, I hear you, man. I, I definitely do. I mean, listen, I, if the video didn't, you know, leak out, then no problem. And he is entitled to do things that normal people, you know, do consider normal. And th that's a normal thing. Look, men, women you know, having a party, as long as there was no, you know, illegal drugs around and, and stuff like that, then I really don't have a problem with it either. It's just that we we ridicule everything these days. And like you said, even before when we were talking about um, Deshaun Watson, everybody's so quick to jump on, on stuff, you know, it's not a good look. I'll admit that, but ESPN, they're Disney. Like you said, 
I just wonder if that was um, a female on-air personality and she was with her girls and they had male strippers. What would that narrative be? I don't think sure. I don't think she gets fired. Right. That's what, yeah. Like, I don't think so either. And like, can everybody lighten up? I mean, it was a stripper. OK, they, they were there. OK, they're come on. It's on Instagram. Like, just stop. Everybody stop. I mean, these Kardashians are half naked all day, every day. This country like what do you guys impeach a president because you got a blowjob? Like, I mean, just lighten <laughs> up. I'm sure some of you have done worse shit back in your day than these people are doing on Instagram. Oh, poker. Oh, you saw some butt cheek. I'm sure your kid <laughs> sees worse Googling at night under the covers. So stop. <laughs> <laughs> She hates the end of the covers part. That's right. You know, every few moments check-ins. Oh, somebody opening the door? Anybody opening the door? No, no. Like, come on. These kids can Google <laughs> anything they want. And you want to, like, clutch pearls over some stripper's butt. Ah, stop. Uh, yeah, look, I- I'm with you guys. It's it's a little way. It's overblown. And that's the world we live in. And it's bullshit. And it sucks. And that's the way it is. But you know what? Somebody else will give him a job because he's got great knowledge and he's a champion. And, uh, you know, it'll it'll happen right for him eventually. At least uh, we're hoping so. All right. He didn't do anything terribly. You know, like what if it was a bachelor party? You know, what are you going to say? I mean, these things do happen. So whatever it is. But uh, I like that, D. Not bad at all. Uh, my tomatoes, we're going to go back a couple of days here, but I'm throwing them at the referees in the final four game between Stanford and South Carolina. Oh, and- good one, Jay. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. that- <laughs> Thank you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's in the women's bracket. The reason why is the non-foul, non-call on Stanford, where Brie B- Beal of South Carolina clearly got fouled in the last few seconds by multiple Stanford players. No, no whistle was blown. Nothing was called. She even gets a shot off despite being mauled and attacked defensively. The ball bounces off the rim uh, into the hands of Aaliyah Boston, and she just misses the putback as Stanford lucked out and moved on and ends up um, beating Arizona in the championship. And just, I, I, I mean, look, I know that people say, D and Nikki, we hear it all the time, let them play, let them play, especially in the final few minutes, but she got completely fouled in a critical situation where you, you have to blow the whistle. I mean, every referee on the field, on the, excuse me, on the court has to blow the whistle. So I, I am really upset about that because I'm also a big Dawn Staley fan. And, you know, going back to hard days, I, I, I'm just really a huge fan. She's already in the Hall of Fame, three-time gold medalist, uh, 2004 Summer Olympics. She was elected to carry the United States flag during the opening ceremony. She was a player coach at Temple, then in 2008, uh, as we know, went to South Carolina, never looked back, made it a winning program. Everywhere she goes, she wins. And I feel bad for her because of how I, I know how much she loves her team and they love her. And that was just a BS bogus call. D, I'm going to you first because I know you know all about it. Look, if it was a ticky tack foul, I'm not going to complain. But she got mauled, man. Referees in the women's tournament were horrible the whole time. Um, we all saw the one where it was Baylor versus UConn, and she drove in and clearly got fouled. Um, the, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name right now, but she's going to WNBA, so I'll be seeing her in the draft soon. The one from Baylor who drove in, the defender did not keep their hands up, hit her across the face as <laughs> she went up for a shot, and it didn't get called. Uh, in the championship game, there were plays where – 
just clear, oh, the ball went off of this person and they didn't see it. They called it the wrong direction. Uh, and referees are also not good in the WNBA either. Uh, I think that's one thing that really needs to improve in the women's game is the refereeing. And it's not like this is not something that's as far as gender. Like these are men referees in the women's game that are doing horrible jobs. So they need to improve that. I think that's one aspect that will get more just make the women's game a bit better is the refereeing on both professional and collegiate levels. Yeah. So I'm definitely with you on that, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. And Nick, I don't know if you got a chance to see the highlight or anything, if you know the play I'm talking about. No, I didn't get to see any of it. Yeah, but just take our word for it. It was, it was horrible, a horrible non-call. I, and I'll, I'll, I just don't understand you know, again, like I said, let them play at the end, but this was a whole different story over here. So, all right, those are tomatoes. Let's do applause. As we know, we do a little wrap around over here. I'm going to give my quick applause to one great college head coach who has finally decided to call it quits. It's been a long time, 33 years. Roy Williams, 18 seasons at North Carolina, 15 at Kansas. Like I said, coach for 33 years in total and now is retiring three-time NCAA champion. He's already in the Hall of Fame, or I should say the Dome of Greatness, as a matter of fact, is what he's in. So, oh Williams uh, <laughs> retiring over there, and um, you know what? Good for you. You know, you'll be an analyst, whatever it's going to be and everything, but he had a great coaching career. Do you know that? Yeah, and no, he's definitely one of the best college coaches of all time. Uh, he... One of the reasons when I was playing ball, I wanted to go to North Carolina was him, uh, even though, you know, I never, I wasn't near that good, but uh, if I was, <laughs> I would have went to North Carolina to play. Um, so that's a great applause right there. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good job, Jay. That is a good, a good applause. Thank you. I appreciate that, Nick. I, I appreciate that. I think he deserves it. He went through a little rough spout for a minute, but came back and did really well, did really well. And that's the university he represented. He was working under Dean Smith, who coached Michael Jordan way back in the early 80s. So he's been around for a minute, Roy Williams, obviously. All right, more applause. Damien, what do you got? So for my round of applause this week, I just want to give it out to University of Baylor men's basketball team. Just whooped on Gonzaga. Gonzaga was undefeated all year, and they came down there and proved that they were the best team in the nation this year. Imagine just playing through this season with everything going on with covid you know, you're playing with no crowds. And the fact that they were able to get through the season and win a championship, I want to give my round of applause to them and their squad. I like that a lot. I and mean, people had forgotten about Baylor, but it's all Gonzaga and they can, you know, roll through the whole thing as champions. But a lot of people said Baylor was the better team and they came out there and they were not afraid. They, they took it to them, Nikki. And Baylor is now your champion on uh, NCAA and the whole Gonzaga story goes away. Yep, and they sure did whoop that ass. <laughs> oh my god! Never trailed. They never trailed the whole nope. game. Not nope. one. All right, let's finish it out with Nikki's applause, and then we're going to get to the greatest male athletes of all time bracket, where Nikki is going to be judge, jury, and executioner. We'll get to that, but your applause, Nikki. My applause really quick. Saquon Barkley posting his workout videos on Twitter. So cute. He's doing it with his daughter. Let me tell you, 
already i don't have a sound effect like d but my prediction for comeback player of the year saquon barkley i mean to see where he was with the devastation of his injury and to watch his journey on social media and to see him post his workout videos now and where he's at i am excited the fan base is energized and i'm calling it now comeback player of the year all right i like it Early stuff over there. She's bringing it. All right. I love it. I love it. She's a fan, but she's also knowledgeable. Let's not uh, let's not forget that. So excellent. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. It's time. We've gone from 64 to 32 teams, which means there are 16. Uh, I shouldn't say teams again. Athletes. I keep saying teams, but athletes in the bracket now. And it's based on who won from last week. And Nikki had her saying it. And what Nikki says goes. Okay. So it's. <laughs> If it does come down to where Nikki's, you know, she's not, you know, as familiar, you know, with the, with the boxing or whatever it may be, then she's going to listen to Damien and I make our case. Okay, But this is the sound that you will hear once Nikki has made her decision. That's the three gravel sound right there. Or gap gravel. Gavel sound. <laughs> <laughs> gravel, Jesus Christmas. So that's where we're going to go if we all disagree. And if Nikki, again, is not sure, and Damien and I disagree. So let's get this thing going over here, all right? We don't have to go back to who was who. Let's, let's go through this thing. Right now, already an interesting match, but number one, it's Muhammad Ali. We all know, you know, one of the greatest of all time boxers against one of the greatest centers of all time in Hakeem Olajuwon, Damien. What are you thinking? Oh, man, as, as much as I love Hakeem, I got to go with Muhammad Ali. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon was great, one of the greatest centers of all time, but Muhammad Ali is the best heavyweight of all time, so I have to go Muhammad Ali in this one. And I'm going to have to agree with you, not that I have to add too much onto the entire thing, but um, there's a reason why he's the most popular boxer of all time. Nikki, would you agree, or does it even matter at this point since we already got two? Um, it doesn't matter, but I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> she does agree. Ali, Mubaye. All right, so we got Ali moving on. Sorry, Hakeem Olajuwon. You got your two championships, but we're going to call it quits at that one. Now we got two football players. And again, this is unavoidable. It works out how it works out. Okay, we got Tom Brady versus Walter Payton, Damien. Oh, man, as much as I hate to say it, um, I have to go Tom Brady in this one. Uh, you know, the Super Bowls, the records, the looks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, all, <laughs> they, all, they all put them over Walter Payton, but Walter Payton definitely uh, goes out with a fight. It's a good game. You know, he's going to be somebody who's going to fight to the end, but it's got to go Tom Brady. You know, this is something I would have thought about more this matchup, but the fact that Brady went to a completely different team in his first year and managed to make it work and go all the way to the Super Bowl as a wild card team, no home games, phenomenal. I have to go with Tom Brady also. What, what do you think, Nikki? I'm going Brady. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's got to be Brady. And, you know, Walter Payton, one of the best players at his position of all time, not taking anything away from him, but damn. Brady's got seven rings. All right, here we go. This is a tough one for me because I love both players and they're both the best at their positions or top three of all time, basically. LeBron James versus John Elway. Adi, I kind of think I know where you're going. 
Uh, I can't wait to hear what Nikki thinks. I'm going to save mine for last, actually. So, Damian, what do you got? LeBron versus Elway. Uh, got to go LeBron. Elway was awesome. You know, he made it to a lot of Super Bowls um, before he went over there, you know, got over the hump. Um, but LeBron is arguably the GOAT. You believe he's the GOAT in basketball. Um, so when you have somebody who in a sport full of legends is the legend, um, and is still doing it at 36, right? When he comes back, people expect the Lakers to be one of the favorites. So uh, because of his longevity, his stats, his all-around game, I got to go LeBron. I totally understand. Hard to make an argument. Nikki, can you make an argument, or are you going with Ding? Um, does anybody have an argument for Elway? <laughs> I, can, I have a partial argument, but I'm not going to waste too much time because I am going with LeBron James because, yeah. like I said, I think that he's the best all-around player I've ever seen in my entire life. And John Elway, to me, is top three quarterbacks ever. A guy who can scramble, do everything. You know, I can go on and on. Elway is one of my favorites of all time. But LeBron, when you talk about relative to sports, I have to go with LeBron James over John Elway. It's yeah. it's too different. Yeah. So I guess we're all in agreement on that one. Another basketball legend going up against one of the real deal Damian Adams, real deal guys, the real deal Vander Holyfield. My goodness. Michael Jordan versus Vander Holyfield. This has got to kill you, D. Oh, man. That's going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I love Vander Holyfield, you know, he is the original real deal. I have to go with his airness, Michael Jordan, my goat in basketball. Vander Holyfield is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I believe the greatest cruiserweight to ever do it um, in boxing, but you can't compare with Michael Jordan. Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, just, I wrote him in already because I figured we were all going to go. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a uh, total respect for Evander Holyfield. Love the guy. He was, God, he just kept going and going and going. What a, what a fighter. Love him. All right. Let's get to our next bracket over here. Uh, this is a very interesting one. And I think Damien might have a problem figuring it out. Jerry Rice versus Roy Jones. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's a tough one. Oh, man. Oh. So, I'm going to go with the upset. That's my new oh. upset. Yeah, my new upset <laughs> sound right there. I'm going to go with the upset. You guys let me know if you like that one. But I'm going to go yeah. with the upset with Roy <laughs> Jones Jr. over Jerry Rice, and this is why. All right. I believe Roy Jones Jr. at his peak was the most impressive boxer I've ever seen. Um, I said it last time we were doing a tournament. I would take 1998 version of Roy Jones Jr. against any boxer in history that's 200 pounds or less. So there's certain heavyweights he couldn't mess with even when he was a heavyweight. Like he, there's a reason why he didn't fight Lennox Lewis when he went up to heavyweight, right? Just the size difference, it would be too much for him. But anybody 200 pounds or less, I believe Roy Jones in his prime could have beat them. He never saw a combination of power in speed, technique, and defense, like we saw Roy Jones Jr. at his best. Um, now, Jerry Rice has the longevity over Roy, but Roy was dominant for 14 years before he lost to Tarver um, in 2004. And to tell you how dominant he was, a lot of people, when they talk about their most shocking moment watching the sporting event, they bring up Tyson losing to Buster Douglas, or they bring up the Giants beating the undefeated Patriots. For me, 
it was watching Roy Jones Jr. get knocked out by Antonio Tauber. And I'll never forget it, May 15, 2004, sitting in my grandma's living room. And I, my jaw literally was on the floor because I was laying on the carpet. And when I dropped it, I had to pick, I had, literally had to pick it up because I just couldn't imagine Roy <laughs> Jones Jr. losing. That's the reason I didn't become a boxer. Because once Roy Jones Jr. lost, I'm like, I have no shot. I'm going to stick to basketball. And <laughs> Roy Jones Jr., one of the best athletes of all time, just chose to do boxing, played semi-pro basketball. He had one fight where he played a basketball game before the fight and won in knockout fashion. So I'm going with the upset here. Give me Roy Jones Jr. over Jerry Rice. Roy Jones Jr. was a dominant boxer. I'm not going to lie to you, Nikki. Do you have an opinion on this, or would you like to be judge, jury, and executioner? I would like to be judge, jury, and executioner. Okay, here we go. This is how we're going to do it. It's it's time, the first one, because I do disagree. As much as I love Roy Jones, and he was my favorite boxer, too, like you said, when Antonio Tarver, look, remember, as you know, they fought twice, and the first fight, was a decision that went to Roy Jones when a lot of people thought Tarver won. Tarver was so pissed off that the next time they fought, he knocked his ass out in the second round. That was the end of Roy Jones, much like Mike, Mike Tyson with Buster Douglas. So I loved Roy Jones as a fighter, pound for pound. He was one of the best at a time. But the knock against him was that he didn't fight the best of fighters that were out there. When you go to Jerry Rice, you go to the guy who has all the wide receiver stats in the entire world, uh, champion three times over, even went to Oakland, almost won another one over there. Again, he was able to do everything, not the fastest, not the strongest, but the hardest worker. That's what got him the title of the greatest, not wide receiver of all time, the greatest football player of all time. So for what he's done, and for basically everybody modeling their game after Jerry Rice, I'm going to have to go Jerry Rice. Now we get to Nikki's decision. Let's see what she's got. I, do you make a very compelling case? Cause I know absolutely nothing um, about Roy. I don't even know who this guy is. Roy <laughs> <laughs> so yes. bad but i i will go with jerry rice but i'm if it wasn't jerry rice i probably would have sided with you d okay yeah. a strong argument there you go it was and super you strong i was like damn i don't even i don't really know nothing about this guy but <laughs> we want to so so that was good but well, i appreciate that but i definitely understand jerry rice winning though because you know like you said greatest rice of all time maybe the greatest football player of all time it's hard to beat him but roy jones jr man that going out easily. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough one for me too because I love Roy Jones Jr. and uh, yeah, me again watching Antonio Tarver knock him out. It was it like really broke my heart. It really did because I was watching it with a bunch of people who wanted him to lose. I'm like, you're gonna see, he's gonna come back, and then bam, I was like, wow, I, I couldn't believe it. All right, let's get to another one over here with uh, I think Nikki's gonna have to be the judge on this one because we have another boxer in Floyd Mayweather against Hank. Aaron, who could be the true home run king after all this nonsense. Damien, I'll go first on this one. Floyd Mayweather has an immaculate record. He does. Hank Aaron had to overcome a lot. Not only was he a 300 career hitter, he broke Babe Ruth's record, and he did it in the face of threats 
and defiance where they didn't want a black man to break his record. He would get threats, whether it was through the mail, phone calls, anything like that. Now, Floyd Mayweather, I do believe, is the better athlete when it comes to both of them. But what Hank Aaron did was so incredible. That's why it's so hard for me to pick. But gosh, when you're undefeated as a boxer and you have 50 fights, I have to give it to you. Yeah, Hank Aaron is hard to vote against because of how great of a human being he was, along with being such a great baseball player. Um, but Floyd Mayweather, as much as I've said about Roy Jones at his peak, Floyd Mayweather never had that Roy Jones moment. He never had that shocking moment of loss. Everybody right. did. Even Muhammad Ali did. But Floyd Mayweather, a lot of people say, oh, he selected his opponents at the right time. No, he beat everybody he beat. A lot of people like to make the excuse about Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao, after losing to Floyd Mayweather, went on to become champion again. So it's like when people make the excuses for Floyd, it's because they don't like him. But also it was brilliant. You want to see him lose so bad. He made so much money on people wanting to see him lose. Um, so sure. for me, I got to go Floyd with his career, his resume. It's just not touched in boxing. I'm, I'm with you, man. Totally hear you, brother. Totally hear you. So, uh, Nikki, you know, uh, we already got two out of three. But um, if you would agree, then we don't even have to slam the gavel. I agree. You agree? All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Moving on. All right. Let's see. Oof. Oh, God. Basketball matchup over here. Wow. We got Magic Johnson versus Tim Duncan. Man. Mm. do you want to take this one first? Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. You got two, two players you can argue in the top five all time. Um, and these two guys, greatest power forward versus the greatest point guard of all time. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go magic because I believe magic was more of a one of one. When we talk about like the unicorn types, uh, even though Tim Duncan was very unique in his own right, magic again, he's him and Larry Bird were the reason that the NBA got out of the dark ages. Uh, Tim Duncan, as great as he is, just isn't magic. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. magic Johnson being the guy who his style go up to go along with his great stats and being a leader in assists per game still to this day with magic six, nine playing the guard position. He's, you know, Tim Duncan's not that much taller than him. And he was a point guard compared to Tim Duncan being a power four slash center. Uh, that's how skilled magic Johnson was. So I'm gonna go with magic in this one, but it's not easy. All right. No, it's not easy. Look, you got the big fundamental against somebody they call Magic, who a lot of people believed was his first name for a long time, actually, instead of Urban. So, uh, Nikki, do you have a thought on this one real quick? Uh, I think I'm going to go Magic Johnson. I am definitely going with Magic Johnson because before LeBron James came along, Magic Johnson, I thought, was the ultimate best team player. So that's why I went with him. So I'm going Magic also, no doubt. All right, now we got a football player against a basketball player. We're going old school, new, new school. And this will be our last one for this segment. We'll come back with a few more that we got, plus more action for you guys. But we got Jim Brown, all right, Cleveland Browns, going back to the 60s, running over people, incredible athlete, even played lacrosse, versus perhaps, I should say not even perhaps, the best shooter in NBA history, Steph Curry. So you got Jim Brown who ran all over everybody and Steph Curry who can shoot it from one end to the other and swish it 
no problem. Tough matchup over here. Very two different, again, errors. But Damian, can you put it together and come up with an answer? Yeah, this is definitely a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Jim Brown over Steph because Jim Brown is still in the argument for being the greatest football player of all time. Um, Steph Curry's not going to be in the GOAT conversation with Jordan, LeBron, Magic, Bird. You know, he's a great shooter. He definitely has that crown already. Um, but Jim Brown was so dominant in his era. I think he was even more dominant than Steph is now. So I'm going to go Jim Brown. I'm just going to echo exactly what you said. I believe exactly what you said. He was more dominant. Uh, Steph Curry, I love as a player. He's more than just a three-point shooter, and he's proven that. But Jim Brown, like you said, when you talk about the best players of all time in their sport, Brown is going to get mentioned way, way, way before Steph Curry in his sport. Nikki, do you disagree? No, I do not. She doesn't. That's, that's the brilliance of her. She's, no, I do not. That's it. That's all. <laughs> No, you're not getting any more out of me for now. All right. But for now, let's go to our quick break. We have two more brackets to get to. So that means we got eight more one-on-ones that we're going to get to. And then we're going to get into other stuff, knowledge with Nikki, this or that. You guys are going to love it. More action coming your way. 30-second break. We'll see you in a few. When you wake up in the evening and the day is shot Find yourself complaining about the things you ain't got Never goes just the way that you want it to Cliché of the day, say la vie, that's just life It ain't easy It's so tough It ain't easy What you wanna do, say what you wanna do Put a smile on your face And make the world a better place Put a smile on your face all right segment three on third and three and it's the letter v that you're hearing right now we're going through our alphabet soup of music over here on the third and three podcast we're all the way up to letter v got some van halen vanilla ice a little vitamin c it's good for everybody you know we need some of that sort of stuff right now we're going to continue the greatest male athletes of all time bracket with nikki being again the judge if damien and i disagree She's going to take over. And of course, she has her say. So let's continue this. We got eight more matchups. Let's run through them, Damien. We have another tough one Kareem Abdul Jabbar, the all time leading scorer in the NBA versus Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. May he rest in peace. We got his one Super Bowl with Green Bay when he was traded from Philly. What are you thinking? Yeah, this one is tough. Uh, with football, it's tough because. As great as Reggie White was, he can't impact the game the way a basketball player can or a great basketball player can. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Kareem because Kareem should be brought up more in the GOAT conversation in basketball. Um, leading scorer of all time. You think about the history of basketball. He has the most points ever in a sport that's been around forever. 
Um, so I got to go with Kareem here. You know all the accolades, six-time champion, six-time MVP. Uh, he has more MVPs than Michael Jordan, who's considered the GOAT. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, when you, you think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his impact, we mentioned it last time with how they changed the rules in college. They took away dunking. They took away dunking the basketball because <laughs> he was dominating too much. Like, that's just stupid. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, let me tell you, man, I, I, I freaking love Reggie White. He was unbelievable. Uh, like I was telling Nikki last week, he would just club people around, you know, with getting triple teamed all the time, and he still managed to do what he did. He was an incredible player. However, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, what Damien said, six championships, the durability, the availability, not as durable toward the end of his career, obviously, with the Lakers toward the very, very end, but won all these championships. And really, I mean, you know, the the all-time leading scorer and a center like that, and they call him, or a lot of people call him the best center that ever played, even over Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell, and you can name a few others. So... Kareem, again, affecting the game more because there's only five players. I'm agreeing with Damian on this one. I know you know Reggie White, you know, more than Kareem, but um, do you have any uh, differentiation? No, I actually agree with you guys on this one. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's go on to another. uh, This is going to be another tough one for me and D to go through over here. We do have another boxer. Boxers making their way through this thing. Sugar Ray Robinson going way back. So... Nikki, none of us, Damien and I have not seen Sugar Ray Robinson, obviously, except for in, um, excuse me, in tape videos, exactly, black and white and whatnot. So it's not like we can have a full grasp, but they do call him the pound for pound best boxer of all time, or at least most do. But he's going up against another legend. May he rest in peace. One of the greatest basketball players that we've ever seen in our life. Kobe Bryant. Oh, so why is this even a thing? It is. Oh well, I think that I think that we know where Nikki's going. She's, <laughs> she's down with Kobe. All right, yeah, well, of course. Looks like it's up to me and you over here. What do you think? Yeah, this is a tough one, right? Because when you just listen to historians talk about boxing, a lot of them feel the same way I feel about Roy Jones Jr. They feel about Shaq Ray Robinson. Yeah, right when he was at his peak. They feel like he was the best of all time. But Kobe is the closest thing we've seen to Jordan, five championships, an MVP. Now, one of my unpopular opinions is that he didn't deserve that MVP, but I'll let that go for now. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he, great defender, could do it all. So I'm going to go Kobe, but it's more of a because I saw Kobe. No. And I, you know what? I can understand that. And, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson, not sure of all the great fighters that were you know back then and everything but when you saw Kobe play you were seeing you know just a little bit tiny version of Michael Jordan obviously over there and when Shaq left he was the leader he won two championships and what a fighter same player uh excuse me on the same team forever so I'm going Kobe slightly it's it's harder for me because you know we love our boxing and you know we love our history about it and everything but I'm gonna go Kobe also because he was that transformational on the court as well so let's go to our next one um we got Joe Montana 4-0 in Super Bowls versus Sandy Koufax who had a short career but a dominant career that's when Nikki Sandy Koufax when he was pitching back in like the 60s they went nine innings. They didn't have relievers. They could give two darns about it. And you were lucky if you scored a run or two off him. You were very lucky. 
But Joe Montana, again, everybody said he was the best quarterback of all time until a certain Tom Brady came along. So, uh, D, let's get your thoughts first. Yeah, I'll have to go Joe Montana on this one. The longevity, the championships. I've always talked about how he was so accurate during a time where it was hard to do that. His completion percentages are up there with some of today's. And he was playing at a time where, you know, defenses had a lot more leeway with what they could do to disrupt an offense. Um, so I'm going to go with Joe Montana on this one. I like it. And I, I'm going to tell you guys, right, it, it's really tough. I, you know, I'm a Joe Montana fan. And obviously everything that he's done for the 49ers organization, then going to the Chiefs, getting to the AFC championship one game away from a Super Bowl. It's obvious how great he was and how cerebral he was and calm. They called him Cool Joe for a reason. Sandy Koufax was probably more dominant than Montana in his time. But, you know, Montana did have, you know, a longer career. And I'm very tempted to go with Sandy Koufax on this one. But, you know what, Joe Montana really goes down way more in history than Sandy Koufax does. Unless Nikki has a different opinion, we're going to go with Joe Montana. Yeah, let's go with Joe Montana. Yeah, we're going to go with Joe Montana. I mean, they named the state after him, so we have to go with him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our next one. All right, we're going back in time over here also. Willie Mays considered the best all-around baseball player versus Bill Russell, who's got 95,000 championships. Now, you know, again... Mostly what we have is tape on these guys, so it's going to be hard to make a big... You guys are big, fired uh, from brackets, okay? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> this is the best of all times, what we're talking about. So Bill Russell and all his championships. <laughs> in baseball, you can't affect it as much unless you're a pitcher. But Willie Mays had all the tools and everything. So I'm going to tell you right now, Willie Mays was, to me, a better athlete. And while he didn't impact his team as much... He was such an impact in baseball where they called him the best player ever. So I'm going to go with Willie Mays over Bill Russell, and I'll make it simple like that. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. You talk about somebody being the best of all time in their sport. Um, Bill Russell, even with all the championships, he didn't play against the best competition um, back in that time in basketball and also had all the good players on his team. Um, so yep. I'm going to go with Willie Mays. Yeah, me yeah. too. What you guys said. Yep, Jay. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, maybe you have seen about this one. How about Larry Bird versus Barry Sanders? Oh, Barry that is Sanders. tough. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, you got Bird with his championships. You know, you know, reviving the Celtics and everything, going head to head with Magic. Barry always on a bad team, but always led the league in rushing. And God knows what he could have done if he had a better team around him. So he retired early. He probably would have broke the rushing record. But Larry Bird in his own right, an unbelievable player. He could do it all. You know, he can pass. He can shoot, obviously. He could rebound. Incredibly tough. So this is a tough matchup. But I got to go Barry because I do believe that if he's not the first best of all time, then he's the second best of all time in the entire sport at his position. And I'm not sure I can say the same for Larry Bird, but it's so close. But I'll take Barry, guys. Yeah, you actually convinced me, Jay, when you said yeah, that. Because I do have convincing. I have Barry Sanders as the best running back of all time. As great as Larry Bird is, I do believe LeBron James is a better small forward. Then Kevin Durant eventually is going to pass him up. Um, so I have to go Barry Sanders just based on that. Mm, that makes logical sense. And, and Nikki, you thinking Barry on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, didn't we all essentially build him when we built the perfect? Pretty uh, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, we got three more to get through. Barry Bonds, um, take it for what you want. You know, his early years without the steroids or amphetamines, whatever, was still great. Then he took him and he became like a robot at, at the plate. It was amazing. Versus Joe Lewis. I'm not going to play the clip again. You know, one, one time you don't want to ruin it. But Joe Lewis, you know, again, another boxer from way back in the day that we didn't see. Um, it, it, he was fantastic. One of the best of all time. Barry Bonds, definitely one of the best of all time, steroids or not. I think I have to go Barry Bonds on this one because he really was not just a great hitter, but a great fielder as well. He did everything and he played such a long time. Yes, with enhancements and whatnot. I get it. And Joe Lewis, I, I don't have enough to go on with him and enough of the fighters that he fought in order to get him to the statue where he was, even though he held the belt for 12 straight years. So, gosh, Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go Barry Bonds as well. Um, you know that my stance is that he was in a time where everybody took steroids. He showed you, I'm going to take steroids now and show you why I'm better than all these other guys who did it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, um, I don't really hold that against him like maybe true baseball fans do. So I'm going to go Barry Bonds in this one. All right. Well, we'll make it unanimous, obviously. Nikki's definitely going to go with Bonds. I know that. But yeah. um, heck, we got two more. We got Deion Sanders versus Babe Ruth. Now, you know, we just know Babe Ruth was the king forever until around the mid-50s when more baseball players started to come along. Deion Sanders, uh, you know, played two sports professionally and was especially great at one and could have been great in baseball, a lot of players said, even John Smoltz, his, his uh, uh, pitcher teammate, said that if Dion wanted to just play baseball, he had the potential to be the best all-time leadoff hitter. So to me, Babe played more in an era, guys, where there weren't as many great players. He may have been a man amongst boys. Dion played with the best of the best in both sports and was able to make it happen and even play two games in one night, which is sick. So I'm going with Dion. Yeah, you got to go with prime time. Uh, got to go, <laughs> got to go, Deion Sanders here. You mentioned two sport athlete, somebody who I think the greatest cornerback of all time, really good on the baseball field, and also could have been a basketball player, a track star. Like he's one of those guys who did everything well. So I got to go, Deion. Yeah, I mean, when it looked like he was jogging and he was going ninety six miles an hour. So yeah, we we, we know Deion, Nicky. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. What an that we talk about to this day. The very last one for this round, Peyton Manning, which is Damien's favorite quarterback of all time or number one quarterback of all time, versus Wilt Chamberlain. Again, a man amongst boys. Um, didn't get a lot of his championships because we mentioned Bill Russell had that squad and his defense. Uh, but what Peyton did to me was so revolutionary in football from a time when quarterbacks were calling their own plays to for about a 10-year gap where that didn't happen, where Peyton Mix, you know, started running the offense, red defenses unbelievably. D, I don't have to tell you, he was just obviously incredible. Will Chamberlain, 100-point game, that'll probably never be done again, but again, a different era. Nikki, I'll, I just want to ask you first. You know who Will Chamberlain is. You know that he was seven feet taller than everybody else versus Peyton Manning, who 
you saw your whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm going with the sheriff. They're going with the sheriff. All right. All right. Well, let's see if Damien has a different opinion. Uh, now, you know, I got to go Peyton Manning. He's my GOAT <laughs> um, at QB. Uh, Will Chamberlain was awesome. He was great. And I think he could have been dominant in any era. I will say that. When you see his highlights, you're like, okay, he could do that against athletes of today. Because he, yeah. he was somebody, when you talk about his athletic skills, running track, he was one of, another one of those guys who could have done anything. Um, he just was born too early, you know. But <laughs> right. um, Peyton Manning, the way he manipulated defenses, the records, the just everything he did, I think, you know, I still have him as my greatest, my greatest quarterback of all time. So I'm going to go Peyton Manning. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So that's going to cl- conclude this week's greatest male athlete of all time. Obviously, we cut it down. We're going to cut it down some more uh, once we get to it. Uh, more, some more next week and more Nikki involvement on it as well. There's no doubt. All right. So next round, next week, less players, but we're getting to our greatest one. Now, we're going to get back into one that we haven't had in a long time. It's this or that, all right? It is this or that time where we're going to pick one or the other. So here's a little intro. Oh, you guys remember this one, right? (laughs) Definitely. Here they go, you. Here they go. This or that. This or that. This or that. that. (laughs) All right. Let's see. We're going this or that. Let's see. We're bringing it back. It's been a little while, but I got the first one for you guys. And this is definitely a very realistic question. Who will win the Super Bowl first, if either the Bills or the Rams, Nikki? Um, the Bills. You like the Bills for what, what reason? If you had a, if you had a quick uh, 15 seconds, why? Josh Allen. Josh, okay, okay. She I just made- think they're in a better, uh, they're, you know, they're definitely more well-rounded team right now. We're talking about right now, right? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I would say Buffalo's got a better shot. Okay, okay. All right, what about what about you, D? Who do you think will win a Super Bowl first between the Bills or the Rams? Again, in the near future, whatever it may be, with Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, however you look at it. I think the Rams will be cursed forever because they cheated the Saints. <laughs> so I'm going with the Bills to, to be the ones that win Super Bowl first. Plus, they have a quarterback who can make those special plays to get you there. And I'm not saying that Stafford can't, but also they have a bigger window, I think, uh, because Josh Allen is younger and that defense will improve. The Rams do have a better defense right now. Um, so you, two, you have two teams there who could contend this season upcoming, but I'm going to go Bills. I'm going to go Rams because I think they have an easier path to get there. Um, I know Green Bay is still going to be tough. San Fran could be tough this year. We'll see if Arizona rises. I know Seattle, tough division and everything, but New Orleans is not the threat that they once were. You know, neither is Minnesota. They got to deal with Tampa Bay. But, you know, the Bills are going to have, you know, Kansas City. Let's see what Pittsburgh does. Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis. I don't know. So that's why I would lean Rams, even though I think the Bills overall may be a better team. But I would like to see what Sean McVay does with uh, with Matt Stafford. All right, so that'd be interesting. All right, um, either one of you guys got one? Yeah, I got one for you. All right. Would you rather? <laughs> would you rather have Mr. Bisky as your quarterback, or Adam Gase as your head coach? Oh God! Oh my God, Mr. Bisky. <laughs> Mr. Bisky for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
one billion percent. Yeah. No time at all. Yeah. Mitch, I, I, Adam Gates will, I don't think I'll ever be a head coach again. <laughs> <laughs> How can he be? Like, who is going to make that higher? Oh, my it, God. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Mitch Trubisky for me. And I like that because that's pretty funny, too. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nikki? You got yeah, I got one for you guys. Um, I love this question. It is a would you rather, but um, every year when we go to our cheer coach conferences and our recertifications, all that good stuff, our Rucker safety, they always open it with this question and they always, you know, kind of gauge. Uh, you can tell a lot about a person when they answer. So they always kick it off with, would you rather be the star athlete on a bad losing team or an average player on an elite winning team? D, you want to go first? Depends on the sport, right? That's interesting. Because the average player on an NBA team that's good is still a multimillionaire. The average player on a football <laughs> team that's good, he's doing all right. But he's not He's not living what like if, a basketball player. What if player. you were like, uh, what if it wasn't professional? Like, let's say you guys were oh, okay. in high school or, or, or something or college. I don't know. Something you're not getting paid for. Oh, okay. If there's no money involved, I'd rather be the average player on the championship team uh, compared to the star player on a bad team. Yeah, anybody who lost, especially in a big game, is going to tell you that it sucks and they're going to remember that much longer than they remember the good times. So I'm going to have to lean in the same direction. I would rather be an average player on a good team who wins the championship and feel good about myself when I go to bed that night as opposed to thinking about all the things I could have done, you know, to make it better or just be the star player and go out to Dolo. Nah, yeah, I'm more of a team player. So I, I'm with D on that one. All right. I got an interesting one for you guys. What about you, Nikki? Yeah, no, I I would totally be uh, an average player on a winning team. But you guys would be so surprised how many people actually say they'd rather be the star athlete. Like I said, it only makes sense if, like, it's money involved. And plus, like... I've sometimes in basketball, people ask you, would you rather be Robert Ory or Charles Barkley? Like Robert Ory was just an average player who won all these championships. Charles Barkley was a star player who didn't win. That's different. But if you're talking just, you know, no money involved, just winning and being a guy who scores all the points but doesn't win, I'd rather win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, winning with the people that you went to, you know, quote unquote war with all year long and everything. it's, It's a wonderful feeling. No doubt about it. No doubt. So I wouldn't mind playing a little bit of a smaller part in that as well. But I like that question. Really good. All right. I have an interesting one for you guys in a two-minute drill. Forget about the quarterback. Who would you rather have in a two-minute drill? DeAndre Hopkins or Tyree Kill? Damien. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go D-Hop because if the Hail Mary is needed, he definitely has a better chance of coming down with that than Tyreek Hill. Yep. <laughs> That's 100%. fair. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we saw that happen, you know, this past year on the Hale Murray. But I would take Tyreek Hill because, you know, you can throw him the ball short and he can still get you 15, 20 yards, run back to the line of scrimmage or whether it's a timeout. I feel like if he's got the ball in his hands and you got to go the length of the field, whatever it may be, that, I don't know, maybe he's something that, you know, you would rather have, you can get out of bounds quicker. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the quickness I like in that position. Yeah, you can't know. go wrong either way. 
Definitely can't. I would agree with that part. Definitely can't go wrong either way. I'm with you there. <laughs> All right, Nikki, I know that you had your one. Uh, D, I don't know. Did you have one more? Or Yeah, I did have one more. So this one is, which will happen first? Will the Bears get a good quarterback? Or will the Patriots win another Super Bowl? Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Well, given what I said about, you know, the AFC and the Bills, you know, you know, having a tougher path, I would have to say the same about the Pats and the Bears. I mean, it hasn't happened in, in their whole entire, you know, <laughs> life. No. I mean, 19 years that, you know, since, I mean, I don't know who the hell was their last great quarterback, but I would say that they're going to have to hit sometime in the next three to four years. And I don't think the Patriots are going to win a Super Bowl in the next three to four years. I think it was Rex Grossman. <laughs> yeah. They like their, their best quarterback in their history is probably Jay Cutler. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's how pathetic that is. Oh God, yeah. He, I love, I love the memes because he's just like so over it, like all the time, is resting bitch face for a guy, and that's like my spirit animal, just like over it, <laughs> just always agitated over it. That's that's just his luck. It's so funny. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, I love this stuff. This is great. All right, so you guys got yours in. Um, Real one more, very very quick. Who's going to have a better record this year, the Jets or the Panthers? Panthers. <laughs> you agree, Nick? Yeah, yeah, we said it at the same time, Panthers. Yeah, you, oh, you did. Okay, anyway, you see, you so we're so in sync over here, you can't even get it. Unbelievable. All right, that's good stuff. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's move on to Mount Player Player. We got NFC North this time. All right, as we go through each division, and we'll start with the Packers, who. Came one game close to the Super Bowl, and I did feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, look, they had the 29th pick this year, so unless they trade up, they're not going to get a wonderful player. But in my opinion, guys, again, they should look wide receiver first if they want to win a Super Bowl this year. But also in the second round, third round, fourth round, Definitely need to uh, collect a lot of offensive linemen and defensive backs as well, where they kind of started struggling a little bit last year. So I would go wide receiver, O-line, then uh, defensive back. What, what would you do, Nikki, with the Packers? Yeah, um, they need to address their cornerback position. And I feel like every team in this division probably needs to, so give one to them all. Um, uh, I also think they they – absolutely have a glaring need at linebacker right so they need to anchor between their top pass rushers so I, they've got to address that issue and yes they got to get Aaron Rodgers a, a wide receiver but for me I would just probably address that linebacker position because it is a glaring hole for them yeah they make a great point absolutely they they could use some help over there they could you know they got some edge rushers but uh be nice to have a Mike linebacker to go along with it what do you say Dan? Yeah, I would go cornerback. We all remember, you know, the biggest play in the NFC Championship game, in my opinion, was before the half, cornerback getting burnt down the field by um, the wide receiver for Tampa Bay, which I think really changed the tone of that game. Um, so I would go defense. They got good wide receivers. I think that, you know, we all know how good Devontae Adams is. I think Lazard's really good as well. Um, so if they can find somebody later on in the draft wide receiver-wise, I would. 
you know, I know we've been on hard on Green Bay for not taking wide receivers in the past, but that's when they was taking quarterbacks for no reason. Um, so <laughs> for me, <laughs> I think they, you know, they can hold on to a wide receiver and go with a cornerback. Well, with the 29th pick, they may have to just go ahead and grab the best player. We'll see what happens. All right, the Bears, who's squeaking to the playoffs, they got the 20th pick. Um, guys, they, all right, so uh, Andy Dalton's your starter. I, I, I don't even know what to say, but he's going to have to throw to somebody else besides Allen Robinson. So I think they need a wide receiver also, but also they need to clean up their offensive line, no question, because Andy Dalton is not going to be scrambling anywhere. So it would be good for them to clean up their offensive line. And I want to see them get a pass rusher. So, again, my order for them, get the best offensive playmaker you can with the 20th pick. And there's going to be a lot of them out there. Then concentrate on your O-line and try to go find a pass rusher in the second round, most likely, that could have been a first-rounder. What do you think, Mickey, for the Chicago Bears? Um. Yeah, I mean, so they're just – you know, it's not like they're going to trade up and get a top five quarterback. Um, they have to address their cornerback position as well. They got rid of their uh, star, uh, Kyle Fuller. So, I mean, you're going to have to address that probably in a good spot where they are to do that. So, yeah, I think that's what they may need to do. Well, that you know, that's interesting. It's a good point, uh, Damien, before I kick it over to you. If they don't, you know, I, they're probably not going to go quarterback in the first round, but Maybe in the third round, you get like a Kyle Trask or one of those other like second tier guys. Maybe that's something they can do. But what's your most glaring need for Chicago? I said cornerback. No, I'm sorry. I was talking to Damien. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, if I was a Bears fan, I would orchestrate some type of petition, some type of boycott. (laughs) If they don't try to trade up to get a quarterback, <laughs> right? Because we just yeah. made all these jokes about how they haven't had a quarterback. Jay Culler's the best quarterback they ever had. They've never had somebody throw for 4,000 yards. <laughs> We've seen multiple quarterbacks throw for 5,000 now. They haven't had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards in their history. Get a quarterback. <laughs> like <laughs> Go, whatever you got to do, trade up Atlanta. We talked about how Atlanta's not going to take one. They're willing to trade back. Go get a QB, right? And I do think that there's a small chance that one of the quarterbacks could fall to them because of the trade with Sam Donald. I think that's going to have a trickle effect where two of those quarterbacks could drop down dramatically in the draft. So uh, Trey Lance falls to 20. They better take him. They better take him. Our Bears fans better not go to the games. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I agree with that. And I also agree with they should, if they're not trying now, they should be trying to move up to get, you know, one of those. Look, we know the top three are, are def- definitely quarterbacks. And then you're going to have, whether it's, you know, Trey Lance and Mac Jones or Trey Lance and Justin Fields, whatever it is, they'll have an opportunity now, now that it seems the Panthers are out of the running, even though some people are saying they're still going to go ahead and draft Justin Fields, which is blowing my mind a little bit, but uh, again, a lot of smoke thrown up there. So I, I like you guys. I like you guys' opinion. Hey, look, if I had the choice and if I can make it, I would definitely draft up for a quarterback. So I'm with that. Makes sense. The Minnesota Vikings, they fell, um, started playing a little bit better. They got the 14th overall pick. Um, Justin Jefferson was a home run last year. There's no doubt about it. Still got Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. They don't have to replace Kyle Rudolph. Irv Smith is going to get into the offense 
more now, which I think should have happened uh, a while ago. His father played in the league. I was uh, talking with him on Twitter a little bit. So I, uh, they gave up a lot of points last year, which is what we thought was going to be their strong suit. So I think they need to go defensive line to cause havoc at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then after that, yeah, go get some linebackers. And, and really, to me, honestly, it's all defense except for offensive line with the Vikings. I think they got everything else they need, especially Dalvin Cook running the ball. So you want to improve the offensive line, but you've got to get that defense right, Nikki, because they gave up so many points last year and they scored a good amount of points. So, you know, you sure up that defense and you're looking at a playoff team, I think. Yeah, but uh, they just they it feels like every year they have to address their offensive line is because they can't get it freaking right. So they need to get that offensive line right to me because it doesn't matter what quarterback you're going to stick back there. So um, I think they need to start adding some players that tackle and guard first and foremost. Okay, all right. Nice opinion. I like it. D, what do you think? Yeah, they definitely need to address offensive line. Uh, We talked earlier about, you know, the non-mobile quarterback. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys. Um, So, you know, if you're hitching your wagon to him, protect him. But defense, they definitely need that as well. So throughout the draft, I wouldn't be shocked they go, you know, guard, tackle, then the rest is all defense. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, before we get to Tricky Nicky, we got one more team to go. It's Lions, seventh pick overall. Man, they just... Offense to me, guys, offense and defensive line, they got to start rebuilding. They're nowhere near a playoff team. You know, they got Goff now, whatever. We'll see what he can do. But to me, go offensive line, protect him, and defensive line, build from the inside out. You know my motto, Nikki. So that's what I think that they should do. Just go after linemen, offensive and defensive. Um, yeah, no, I think that they got to, they're seeing, you know, what are we seeing? Jamar Chase, my guy, Kyle Pitts. If you guys listen to Anita Marks this Saturday, she echoed my sentiments about, uh, Kyle Pitts just saying like, he is probably the best athlete, second best athlete. If he is there, you take him. And that is what you do. They have to start building around Jared Goff. So listen, if best players there, take the best player. All right. Well, if they can add an offensive weapon, that that wouldn't be the worst thing, Damian. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Nikki. They lost, you know, their best wide receiver. Go get another one to give golf a chance to throw the ball to somebody. I also heard that they're going to trade up to get the right hot sauce to go along with those kneecaps. Um, so <laughs> I think that. <laughs> I think that. But I do think they need weapons. So I would go wide receiver, or if Kyle Pitts is there, I'll go tight end. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see if uh, Pitts lands to uh, the seventh pick. Atlanta's really hot on him, but uh, we'll see. All right. That's Mount Player Player for NFC North. And we do have enough time for our last segment. Knowledge with Nikki. Tricky Nikki G is about to bring it on, and I am ready to hear it. So let's get this bad boy going. For some reason, my computer isn't working with the Tricky Nikki G sound, but we do have Jeopardy at the very least. Nikki, what is our topic this week? All right. Well, our topic is the draft because it is draft month. So you know how we like to go through the years. I thought we would do that, but I thought we would do it with each of your own teams, but with a little twist. So Jay, you're going to get the Saints. D, you're going to get the Niners. I'm going to give you the year. You tell me who the first round pick is. So I know we're up against the clock. So we don't get them all in. That is fine. Um, so I will start from the 2000s and work backwards. So at least we can get the recent ones in. All right. D, you're first this week. 
All right, All right. Dave, so who, so, so you have the 49ers. So the first overall pick in 2015. 2015, mm-hmm. I am going to say, uh, I'm going to go with, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <Jay>? <laughs> um, I could be off with the year, but I think it was Alden Smith. And uh, Arik Armstead. Oh, oh, okay. I'll move that one. All right. All right, All right. D. How about 2003? 2003, I believe it was somebody who I have no idea who it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, do you know? Was it Vernon Davis? Kwame Harris. Eesh. Oh, oh, wow. oh man. All right, D, how about 1998? 1998, mm. was that the year of J.J. Stokes? Jay? 1998, um, that was the year of, uh, was it? I'm going to take a guess, Frank Gore. R.W. McCorders. Oh, I hated him. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more for you, D. 1984. 1984. That was. I'm gonna go with. Again, I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> <Jay>? <laughs> um. Yeah, Rice was drafted after that, so it's not him. Was it Brent Jones? Uh, Todd Shell. Touch. I don't even know the hell that is. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. So I will give you three years, Jay. Uh, so we got about four minutes left. So for the Saints, 2010. 2010 for the Saints. Cameron Jordan. D. That's a good guess. Um, I'm gonna go with 2010. Man. Yeah, draft history is absolutely not my strong point. Me, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have anything. All right, Patrick Robinson. Oh, okay. okay. All right, Jay, how about 2002? 2002. Um, Marcus Colston. D? No, he was Shit. a seventh rounder. Uh, oh, yeah. When, oh, what am I thinking? <laughs> um, 2002. That was that Charles Gant. Dante Stallworth. Oh, okay. All right, Jay, you want to try 1998? I do want to try it. 1998, the New Orleans Saints' first pick in 1998 was... Come on, Jay, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um... Ah, damn it. 1998, that's a little bit too far back for me. I got to hurry up with this one. No, I'm gonna, I have I'm to buzz you because we're short on time. D? I'm leaving it to dig. Yeah. Uh, 98. That was, was that Ricky Williams? That was Kyle Turley. No, I purposely did not do. <laughs> oh, that was, Ricky Williams is 99. Okay. Yeah, you're right. All right. All right. All right. Last one for you, Jay. 1995. 95. Uh, this is going to be a toughie also. So 1995. Saints went with um, 
uh, oh, what's his name? Not uh, Davian Adams. I forgot his name. That's not it. What? I'm gonna go with. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with Eric Martin. Mark Fields. Mark Fields. Okay, I remember him. All right, rough one, but I know we were up against the (laughs) clock, so but not bad. Maybe we'll be just knowledge with Nikki. Move it up a little bit. Yeah, and I'll uh, also do a lot of studying over here. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, guys. So we got about a minute left. All right, with our minute left, Nikki, Nick, tell them where you're at. Guys can find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. That's where you find her. That's where you talk to her. Get your reality stuff deep. Uh, the Real Deal WDA on all social media platforms. And that's where you can find all of the shows. And same thing with me. I'm at Sports Profit One. That's number one. And we are number one. Even though there's three of us, we are out for now. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. And give that feedback over there in five stars. We appreciate it also. Peace. Bye. Peace.